we literally just gave our guest a speech on not knocking too hard on the table. And the first thing that happened is the growler went, Fwomp. Yeah, yeah. Verisimilitude. Whatevs. But I think it was expected. Yeah. Was because, it? yeah. People okay. know. People oh, know how this works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so for the second episode in a row, we had an experience that somehow ended up being uh, somehow tied to our viewing experience. <laughs> that was really fun. In lieu of a bit, uh, I, I'm just going to tell you that before we um, recorded today, or before we watched the episode today, Julie and I were sitting around her house. I was feverishly uploading pictures of costumes to a folder <laughs> on Google Drive, and uh, she was putting around making Jezebel dip. And fuck yeah, it was. And, uh, which is appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that dip is? That dip is a witch. That dip is an English cunt. That dip is, that dip is La Dame Blanche, damn <laughs> yeah, it. it really, it's a good dip. Anyway, we were listening to Me TV Radio, Julie's fa- not only Julie's favorite radio station, one of her favorite things in existence. I think it's the best radio station ever. Right? So mm-hmm. we're listening to Me TV Radio, and on comes, Who's creeping up under a rainbow? Who's reaching out? To capture a moment, everyone knows it's windy. So, um, so then we, um, uh, we're getting ready to do the podcast, and I inadvertently got it stuck in Neil's head. So Neil's wandering around the apartment singing that song, and from the bathroom, Julie goes, "Why is he singing that song, <laughs> Allison? Why is Neil singing Wendy right now?" That's exactly what I said. And uh, we decided the reason. The reason that the gods saw fit to give us that song is so that we could go, who's creeping all through the stairs at Lally Brock, bringing her two incredibly cute daughters. Who's there to wear a bonnet and piss you off? Everyone knows it's Leary. Um, boom, 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 boom. And Leary has aged a lot, but not as <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, and I want you all to know, because I'm incredibly full of myself, that literally the only thing we planned there was that it was going to go, everyone knows it's Leary. And I'm especially oh, I proud of you. here very impressed. Thank you. Yeah. It, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Wallander Drugcast and Outlander Podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm Allison Shoemaker. I'm Julie Starbird. And... Where's Janine? Janine's not here today. It's a Janine-free episode. It's a Janine-free. We're zone sad today. about it. Uh, I don't even know if he's going to edit this one. If he is, <laughs> <laughs> just a minute. Leave it there. Um. There was a loud beep, and then the under other end of that beep was a person. <laughs> And then we forgot what we were saying because Scotty Caldwell showed up, but then went into the other room to await the episode she's going to record because in lieu of Janine, but not really in lieu of Janine because she's just our get whatever, in lieu of whenever Jen Moniz comes over, we have Keenan Caldwell. This is Keenan. Keenan, tell the people who you are. I'm not Scotty, <laughs> but I look like her. <laughs> And you sound like her. This is what I'm learning today. I always thought our speaking voices were pretty different. They are, but, but you've got you've got a similar 
timbre. I can timbre. hear it. I can hear it, but you guys, to me, you do sound different. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Well, Scotty does a lot more of disappearing. Mm-hmm. She doesn't sound, you're going to hear her on the next episode. We've been told like that, that our speaking voices are in the opposite registers of our singing voices. Oh. So my speaking voice is lower, but my what singing voice was higher. I'm sung in a long time. <laughs> um, nice whisper. Thank that you. Was, Janine is going to be so proud. Did of I you. do it right? A plus. Oh, sweet. <laughs> um, but I'm here in Chicago as a surprise to no one at this table, but definitely as a surprise to Scotty. And what's more, I didn't spoil the surprise. It actually worked. So I'm very proud of me today. That is so and you awesome. know what? That's two successful non-spoilers. Yeah. Because Keenan didn't fucking know about Leary until Mm-mm. Nell Hudson's name showed up in the credits. You suspected though, yeah. I did mm-hmm. suspect. As soon as it became clear that Jamie had married someone else. The venom with which Leary had been discussed in references to seasons one and two, I mean, obviously, accusing people of witchcraft and trying to get them burned is very, very bad. Agreed. (laughs) We should make that clear. Yes. But I sensed that something else was coming on a somehow even more personal note. Mm -hmm. So as soon as her name showed up in the credits, I was like, I call. Speaking of when names showed up in the credits, you guys, when Laura Donnelly's name showed up, these two bitches sitting next to me lost their shit. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we didn't know she was going to be on they the They both just started screaming, Jenny! I made Julie pause, go back so I could take a picture. I'm just always real glad to see her. Me too. Me too. Thank God. And I am sorry to tell you, I suspect that's a wrap on Jenny for I'm sorry, I just season. made a really loud season. noise. Not okay. for the show, Okay. but okay. for the season. I still don't like when. Yeah. I mean it I mean let's 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 think of it this way. Let's hope that in her time away from Outlander, obviously Jenny will be back, but in her time away from Outlander, she just ends up doing like a metric fuck ton of other I TV hope so because work. that lady is very good she's at her job. So Laura Donnelly. Her job. Yes. Yeah. I think she's been in some play in the West End for a mm-hmm. long time and received been receiving like crazy rave reviews for it, which not surprising. She's real good. She's real good. So good at acting. All right, you guys, you ready? Here we go. Okay. Season three, episode eight of real, Outlander. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it more later, but just as a tease for the other episode we're recording today, <laughs> which those of you who mm-hmm. are not on Patreon will get once the season of Outlander ends. It's going to be our first non-season content after the awards, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Patreon subscribers will get it probably this week as our first big bonus episode that isn't a live show. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but what we'll be talking about is costumes and a little bit underwear because Keenan has a secret double mostly semi-retired life yes. as a lingerie writer. Yes. And it is cool as hell. Yes. <laughs> what is your Thank you. what is your site? So, um I write it under a fake name, but come on, my secret identity is not really secret anymore. You don't have to out yourself if you don't want to. I don't care, whatever. I just didn't want people at the office googling me and I don't think there's a lot of overlap between my office the pervs who follow me and Podlander drunk cast. So I think you I'll be what? okay. I'm going to tell you this. You yeah. never know how those do- balls touch. Because <laughs> those balls probably touch somewhere. My my hope is that the place they overlap is there's one bitch in your office. One. Who listens to the show. And it, it fast forward. Three days from now. And all of a sudden she goes. Oh Gasp. my God. I can't believe that all three of these worlds are colliding. <laughs> That would be very nice. So my site is called Sweet Nothings. It's sweetnothingsnyc.com. 
And I talk about, uh, I started because I was very interested in bra fitting, especially for those who are not model sizes, uh, more particularly are of ample bosom. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a really fun, I wrote for about five years and um, I meet a lot of my mom's friends now who are like, oh, your mom showed us your blog. And I'm like, hi, this is me fully clothed. How are you? It's so <laughs> nice to meet you. I love that your mom is very proud of She's that, very, oh, go, go Francis. Um, but it's great, but it's made me very, very interested in lingerie and I've always been interested in costumes and how they affect performances. And Terry Dresbach is the light of my life <laughs> and the joy of my heart. And she's just done a bang up job. And I'm here to talk about historical underwear with the caveat that I am an enthusiastic amateur, not an expert. So anything I get wrong is on me. So uh, that is one new Patreon perk that Patreon supporters will, patrons, if you will, mm-hmm. will get um, ASAP. There's another one which we'll talk about at the end of the episode that's brand new. Anyway... For now, let's dive into hashtag first wife. Hashtag first wife. This time the hashtag made some fucking sense. Thank <laughs> God. It was also the episode title, which we recommended and we think is really the way it should be, unless it's something like the print shop. I mean, we understood that, but like, come on. Starting over? Nah. So the title card here was a snack spread for the gods, which reminded us of my coffee table in weeks past. This week, it was delicious, but it was slightly a meager, it was more of a meager offering. Let's say it was more focused. Curated. Minimalist, Mm -hmm. curated, and focused. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two cheeses, a fruit, and two starches. Yeah. But it was good. We had some Mm -hmm. wine, but they had like sweet meats and some kind of pate thing and like fruit and that's like spilling off the table. Ooh, that meat pie looking thing. It looked really, really good. Well, and you know, and I think that that was Hogmanay. Right, the New Year's, of course. Because the little girl was the little Jamie looking motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) Wee June, who we'll talk about more later. She's not a motherfucker. I just thought it would be really funny to say that little Jamie looking motherfucker. And I was right. That <laughs> was really, really fun. She really did look like him. Yeah. Um, so we're watching the title card and there's still, you know, some titles going past and, and uh, credits going past and Keenan yelled, lady writer, lady director. <laughs> so I felt like I should write that down. I just really like noticing it now because they I do think it, it does a make a difference. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. They do it um, with some frequency, which mm-hmm. is bad as hell this year jessica jones entirely written and directed by women the next season of jessica jones i'm very excited about that Mm -hmm. anyway so we open on (laughs) lallybrock and here come old jamie and claire limping through the gate hi we're back with your son (laughs) and then there's jenny from the lallybrock and hot daddy ian and they are not fucking happy but they look beautiful they look great they really do can we talk about there have been some great wigs on this show there have been some not so great wigs on this show but can we talk about how good ian's wig is it's oh, good oh ian looks really good now it's about to say something inappropriate and i'm not going to there wait the, this entire show Keenan. is about okay. inappropriate. <laughs> there is no inappropriate Woof. Yeah, <laughs> good. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that um, we maintain a G rating. No, I called her a Jenny looking motherfucker. Yeah, never mind. Only, we're, screwed. We're, we're already dead. We're Can fucked. you imagine if we tried to figure out whether or not we needed the explicit tag every week? First of all, we would always just need it. Yeah. But second, I just I picture Janine sitting at home being like, "Well, we haven't said fuck yet. We haven't said. Oh, there we go. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, explicit. Yeah. Two minutes in. Great. Um. <laughs> Yeah, he looks real good. Mm-hmm. I also think of all of the people, he's the one they aged up most consistently, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or believably, although when we get to a certain lawyer, 
Oh, yeah. <sighs> Although it's really, it's kind of difficult because he was already kind of old. And then when you see him, he's old. And the wigs but, are misleading. Yeah. But. Yeah. He looked older because of the actoring. That's why I'm so excited. <laughs> because he walked like this. <laughs> the Tim Curry <laughs> shuffle. Yeah. Uh, so we're at Lallybrock and their reception. Frosty. Yeah. Mm. Frosty reception. It's mm-hmm. not good. Oh my God. That's the second Wendy related thing. Yeah. <laughs> frosty. <laughs> Wendy. Wendy's frosty. Everyone knows it's frosty in mm. chocolate mm. flavor and it is really <laughs> cold in here. Um, what? I have I wrote this down and I don't know why I wrote it down. Hit us. We five. We W E E. We five. We five. Because she rattled off all the grandchildren. Maybe she said we. Maybe it had something to do with the litter of children running well, around. Well, Ian says. Oh, a we fire. That's oh, what it is. We, we fire. Oh, there was just oh, a you. we fire at the print shop that destroyed oh, your whole business, and that's why you're here. Just a we fire. Yeah. Just a we one. Uh, in my mm-hmm. head, I was thinking it was because I remembered Ian saying we, and I wondered if maybe we high fived after it because it was so. <laughs> so it was a we five. <laughs> like that little guy. That's a good sound, though. And then she, Jenny has. She's so frosty. She's so mad, and she says something about. Uh, you come back here and now we've got to find a place for your stray. No, that's later. In the Oof. first scene, she's basically like, 20, 20, you were gone for 20, 20 years. And you can see, they're both so good in this scene. Katrina Buffmama and Laura Donnelly are so good because you can see that Claire's like, can you hug me now? You're going to hug me, right? I really, hug <laughs> really you. Aren't you going to hug me? And she's like, nope, 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 not happening. And it's so layered because there are so many reasons to be confused and suspicious and angry. And I just, I just think it's so good. So they go inside. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, Ian is like, I'm a man now. Oh, little Ian. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we in. We in. <laughs> and big Ian. <laughs> Being. I'm going to call him daddy. I'm always going to call him <laughs> yeah, daddy. Okay. Um, is like, uh, how, how about you shut your mouth before it gets you in more trouble and go wait outside for me to beat on your ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, uh, no one understands me. And smouse, then he starts, smouse, and smouse. then he starts throwing shit around like Paul Rudd in that one scene in what had American summer. <laughs> and he wanders outside and then they have a little stramash. Mm-hmm. A, a Kili Kenny? What the hell? She, I think she called it a Kilkenny, but I don't know. No, it's I, a Kili Kenny. It's in the books all the time, and I, I can't. It's it's the longer version of Stramash. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. We fight. A fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, an argument. Jenny, Ian is confused. Jenny is fucking furious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mad. And she's mad at Jamie for taking their son. That's This is when the thing comes in. Mm-hmm. When she starts talking about the stray. Because Ian's like, I don't need to be here. I have a job in the city. I've been selling booze and getting caught in fires and also like putting my dick in somebody. <laughs> and, and Jenny is like, uh, excuse me, you were teaching my kid how to be a criminal? You had him selling alcohol and almost getting caught on fire? And Jamie's like, what? Yeah. So? So? He's a man now. Come on. You know where my money comes from. And she's like, yeah, he's my fucking kid, bro. Mm -hmm. Literally. Because you're my brother. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is the only circumstance where you could say, brah, 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 and it would be appropriate. I think I wrote down brah about 20 times in this one. Um, 
and they they're really they get into it. This she is very just frosty. Does such a good job though because when I think about Jenny, I think oh emotions are immediately on the surface. Like she is just as fiery as Jamie. She's just as responsive. But Laura Donnelly never plays it where it's like I'm angry and shouty. She will just kill you with frostbite. Like she's, just the she's the queen of. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Like that I'm not shit. angry. I am incredibly disappointed. That is the worst burn. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the burn that keeps on burning. But it's not even like a, you hurt me. It's, you know what you did. Why should I even bother to tell you? Right. It's and not it's, worth my time it's to not tell like, you how shitty you are. It's not yeah. like, I want to punish you. I want to make you feel bad. She's just like, I'm going to make you very aware Yeah. You're going to be you so uncomfortable. You're not going to want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to call your wife astray in front of her. <laughs> and then I'm going to call your other wife through old day telephone, which is sending your kid. <laughs> we'll get there. Over seven hills and down one road. Questions about that. Yes. So <laughs> Ian's like taking off his belt to go whip the shit out of Wean. Dad, I'm sorry. Daddy is taking his belt off to go whip the shit out of Wean. I'm really pleased with Wean. And then Jamie's like, hold up, brah. <laughs> See, he can use it there too. Hold up, brah. Maybe we can chill and settle this over a basket of fries. Nah. He's like, I think I have a better way to punish him. And, and Ian's like, really? No, he says, you shouldn't do that. And Ian's like, no, I'm not going to. And he hands it to Jamie like, here's my belt. Go beat my kid with it. <laughs> and Jamie's like, no, I got something better. And then we flash to Wean with his hands elbowed deep in a <laughs> cow shit and straw trying to put together. So is it like fuel or is it a roof or what is it? I, I think it must be some sort of... Like a roof or wall. I have no idea. I couldn't tell. I thought they said something about fuel. I thought they did too, but I... Maybe it is. I have no idea. My 18th century husbandry skills are really uh, lacking. definitely poop with straw in it. There's definitely poop involved. Uh, And and he says it smells like the devil's asshole, which we can only (laughs) surmise smells really bad. Yeah. Because that's like the worst asshole. It's because like (laughs) charred Mm -hmm. human remains are coming out of that thing. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I thought I had something there, but I did not. Uh, you know what? You know what I bet? You know mm-hmm. what I bet the devil shits? <laughs> Hot ocean milk with bug croutons. <laughs> Watch the good place on NBC. Uh, seriously, real question. I might do a Twitter poll. Uh, would any of you listeners... Uh, watch a podcast called mm, I don't know uh, the drunk place good cast a good place podcast because uh, Julie and I are thinking about it. Let us know what you think. Anyway, um... So this is my first in the book of the day mm-hmm. uh, because in the book, the beating part for real happens. So the, this is... Um, does this whole, do it or Jamie? Oh, Jamie does it. Uh, this whole oh, shit, thing sorry, is um, greatly condensed. There's um, a lot that happens and they stuck with the meat of all of it, but I would guess there are... Oh, God, probably 200 pages between when they get back to Lallybrock and when Ian gets um, pirate-napped. Whoa. Um, Ooh. Yeah. It's a lot. And some of the cuts, I'm like, that makes perfect sense. That's really good. We don't have all day, for the fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. And some of it makes me a little sad. And one of them, well, I think the show is doing a really good job of realizing that things that might work on the page aren't going to work to somebody who tunes into one episode of Outlander and then thinks, for example, that it glorifies uh, whipping your children with belts, mm-hmm. as an example, um, or being super duper racist with mm-hmm. um, Mr. Chinese immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
This is one of those situations where I think it probably would not work like it does on the page, but I gotta say, well, I am strongly anti-beating your children. Uh, even like the modern day sense of quote unquote spanking where it's like Swats. somebody gets a smack on the ass, right? Um, I'm very anti that. But in the book, in the book, what happens is Ian goes out and they have this whole fight while he's waiting. And uh, I think it might be Jenny's idea. Maybe it's Ian's idea. I don't remember. Sends Jamie out to do it. And Jamie is and realizing that that's going to be the worst possible punishment for Jamie. Right. For being such a dick. Because he's super wrong. What Jamie does is really wrong. Mm-hmm. So they go out and they have a conversation. They all eavesdrop on where Jamie's like, so I don't want to do this. But you got to tell me. What? how many lashes would your dad give you? And Ian is like, well, if it's real, if it's bad, it's like 10. If it's really bad, it's like 12. And if it's extremely bad, it's like 15. And Jamie's like, well, where does this fall on the bad scale? And Ian is like, I mean, if they're sending you to do it, (laughs) it's extremely bad. Can we just say 12? (laughs) (laughs) Jamie's like, that's okay. And then Jenny and Ian are like, honest lad. (laughs) So then then Jamie gives him all of his lashes. Oh, and uh, Ian pulls his kilt or breeches or whatever he's wearing down. Can't wear a kilt. Yeah, breeches. Mm -hmm. He pulls his breeches down. And uh, Jamie is like, what are you doing? He's like, well, my dad says you're not a man if you don't do it bare-assed. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets his 12 lashes right on his ass. Then at the end of it, he pulls, he pushes britches up. And Jamie's like, well, I'm sorry to do this to you, but there's one more thing we have to do if we're going to make this right. And Ina's like, what? <laughs> Uncle Jamie. He's like, well, you have to do me now. And Jamie pulls down his pants and makes Ian give him 12 lashes. Because he was bad too. And then they like put their arms around each other and stroll back into the house. And fucking Jenny and Daddy are both like, ha! Okay. Slow All right. That's, slow that's pretty good. It's uh, so charming and weird. And it's like I perfect it, yeah. Ian scene. But there just wouldn't be time. Yeah. yeah. And it's too hijinxy. And it's not a very hijinx episode. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um, also, the conversation that he has with Janet. Mm-hmm. Who I was just about to bring up. Also from the book. So let's do it. He's talking so to his sister. He's putting the shit in the sticks, whatever the fuck he's doing, building like <laughs> uh, he's making shit pellets. Sticks. He's stick making shits. Sh- stick shits. And his sister, Janet, is off to one side. One of about five examples of incredible casting in this episode. You know what? Casting, I gotta pull up the God, fucking casting on the Murray director. children. Because just breathtaking. She, like Wean, Wean mm-hmm. looks like a perfect blend of Daddy and Jenny. And now we have where we got a girl, a younger girl that looks not only like a blend, maybe a little bit more like Jenny, but she's definitely got Ian, but she also looks like Wean. They could absolutely I be don't siblings. Know there was something in their faces, that, their facial expressions were the same. And that eye shape, mm-hmm. um, which is a Laura Donnelly kind of thing. Like I anyway, the casting was really, really good. In- insanely good. And um, uh, casting by Suzanne Smith, according to IMDb. Suzanne Smith, I don't know if, if this is the person who does all the casting, but I think basically every kid who's been on this show has been incredibly well cast. And and Janet is not even the most convincing piece of kid casting this episode. Not yet. No, we haven't gotten there. So Janet is um, hilariously making fun of her brother fucking with shit, and it's very funny. 
And then they're ta- there's like some kids running around. There's Wait, so many. She also says, you've even got whatever it is, muck around your moo. Mouth. Mouth. He's like, <laughs> it's not muck. It's, it's whiskers. <laughs> Straight from the book. Made me laugh so hard. And he does not have whiskers. He has not a it's hair whiskers. upon his face. No, bless his not heart. Whiskers. Not only. Can we not, talk nothing. about how much we love John Bell? He's very It's going to come back. He's perfect. Mm-hmm. He's, he's so good. He's really wonderful. I mean, the entire Murray family I love with a deep and abiding passion. They're wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great um, actors. Speaking of the well entire cast. family, it's very large. We learn <laughs> yeah. that they're every one of Jenny's kids has probably had about another ten kids, so they're very fertile people. And all the I children want you to are do your around. exact note. My exact note is fertile people. These. <laughs> <laughs> so there's little rugrats running around everywhere. Everyone's loving each other and they're happy. And Jenny's the grandma now, and she's like the cool grandma. Claire's trying to introduce herself to. Them. It's not it's good. Not it's great. Very awkward. She says, "I'm Claire," and she kind of looks at Jenny like she's expecting Claire, Jenny to go, "Oh, she's your, she's your uncle's wife. She's your auntie." And Jenny's just like, mm, "Crickets." Oh, <laughs> run along now. Mm-hmm. See you later, kids. Uh, and oh no, she says something like, "She's someone you used to know," or like, "Oh well." So then, uh, we Jamie, we G. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> So Ouija, he's a, we're not going to see him again for a long time. He's not. He's like twenty now, right? Come on, just, he's a dad. He's got several kids, like a lot of kids. And she says, "I remember the last time I saw you. You couldn't mm-hmm. see. You you were barely tall enough to see over a wash bin." And then what? What does Jenny say about it? Jenny says something. He's married now, and he's got kids of his own. And also, give me that baby and go ahead outside. No, she says something specifically about Claire. It's like. It's something like, oh yeah, Claire was around briefly then. She oh, doesn't she used to live at Lally Brock. She used to live at Lally Brock. It's not she's your uncle Jamie's first wife. It's she, she used, used to, to live here. Somebody you used to know. It's somebody like, that you used to like know. It's like a gotcha burn. So and then oh, it was rough. There's a scene between You're skipping the sickest burn. Jenny and Jamie. No. That you're skipping the sickest What's burn, the sickest which burn? is that Ouija. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's when I bring out the Cookie Monster laugh, I've definitely had some alcohol. Um, uh, Ouija hands his baby, his bairn, to Jenny. And Jenny's like, oh, I have so much to do. How the fuck am I going to do all this when I'm carrying this baby, too? Oh, my God. Uh, Claire says something about, like, so many mouths to feed, whatever. And then Claire's like, oh, well, I I mean, I can take the baby if you have stuff you want to do. She says, oh, no, we wouldn't want to confuse the bairn with an unfamiliar face. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Stranger (gasps) face. Damn, Frost. That might be the second sickest burn in an episode. I want to give a little shout out to, um, I'm so sorry. I don't know if I even remember this particular listener's real name. I just remember her Twitter handle because we had a little thing about Doctor Who today. But running underscore outa. Mm-hmm. Who our listener who ran a marathon in Scotland recently? By right. the way, mm-hmm. cheers to you! You are amazing. No dick um, rock untouched. Uh, included in a little tweet that she sent to us today about this episode. Included the hashtag sick burn Jenny. Oh, yeah. So I was prepared for some sick burns, but good lord, she makes Fergus look like an amateur. Yeah, wouldn't want to confuse the baby with a stranger's face. It was Ugh. it was so frosty, but you could also tell like hurt. She's so hurt. Yeah, so hurt. She's real sad and mad, confused, suspicious. Oh, Jenny. And then it's a conversation between the siblings. We got Jenny and Jamie, and she's obviously very mad. And then she just straight up says, 
You got two wives, son. <laughs> oh, because Jamie's trying to give her parenting advice. Right. It's mm. really rough. Jamie's trying to give her parenting advice, and she's like, what, you're an expert on parenting now? Not knowing exactly how much that would hurt. Right. Because she doesn't know about she either of about any of those She kids. doesn't know about William. Oh, God, she doesn't know about me. Why didn't she tell her? Anyway. Um, so she's like, you got two wives. If you told Claire about your other wife, and of course everyone in the world is like, duh. <laughs> Book readers already knew. I knew because it was spoiled for me a long time ago. Keenan was a little bit like, mm, I figured there was another wife. Well, they said so at the end of the last episode. Mm-hmm. And also I'd listened to Spoilerlander, so yeah. I mean, just we spoiler. Well, maybe we <laughs> need to change it to Spoilerlander now. Fucking. I like J. Sweet. Well, since somebody else is macking our game, well, Buzzfeed. Oh, fuck them. That's the yeah. only. That is literally the only one where I think there's any chance that it's just a coincidence. That one is the one where I'm like, that might actually be real because Buzzfeed does. I should say this straight up. Buzzfeed does some incredible journalism. Sure. The the Adam Rapp story last week. Like mm-hmm. they've done some incredible journalism, and then also sometimes they steal jokes from people on the internet. Yep. Like that is another thing that they do. So while Daphne the Stars intern is a fiction, yeah, <laughs> a funny fiction, it is into- but, entirely but is possible though? that Daphne the Buzzfeed intern is real. Real, <laughs> especially because that's like Bu- I thought it was like Bu- Buzzfeed Australia or something. Anyway, yeah. maybe we need to be Spoilerlander now. Uh, that's gonna break some hearts. I think people really. What enjoy if we're just we spoiler lander? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, nobody's gonna use that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spit it up. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny straight up is like, "That was the sound of me trying to laugh and breathe while I had beer in my mouth." <laughs> Jenny straight up. So you're gonna tell her, right? You haven't told her. Why the fuck haven't you told Jenny. her? When you're gonna tell her? You're gonna tell her? You're gonna tell her, right? Why don't you just tell her? And also, you suck. And and he's like, yeah. And then she's like, why didn't we hear anything of her this whole time? And then Jamie straight up doubles down on the colonies lie. And he tells it very convincingly until Jenny destroys him at the very end. When she says, I went into the woods with that woman looking for you. And I don't think that if she had lived, she would have ever stopped looking for you. And everyone in the room's like... The yes, Claire true. I kenned would never have stopped looking for you. Right. So, like, who is this woman? Yeah. Basically. Burn. This is a uh, a big and incredibly smart change from the book. So, Jenny is always suspicious. In the book, Jenny is the one who gets leery. Um, Jenny is uh, reticent, reluctant to talk to Claire. But when Claire shows up, she they mostly like stare at each other and then cry and hug a lot. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and then like later they yeah. have a conversation where Jenny says, "Well, I she does have that vision. I always knew you. I'll save that for later. Anyway, um, all of this that particularly the Claire that I knew would never have stopped looking for you mm-hmm. is great and so true. And it it's is like, true. And it's the part of the lie." that doesn't hold water. Because the thing you can't say is, well, she went back to the future because if she had had my baby here, she probably would have died. Because that, I mean, she probably would have died. So she had to go back to where she had, somewhere she could take care of a kid and that was where she needed to go. It wasn't going to be safer here. She went back there and that's how she thought it was. And it's just, yeah. I wrote down, Claire would never stop looking for you, quote, Jenny, dunk. <laughs> because that's what it was. It's true. And also, I is there anyone alive who can lie to Jenny Fraser Murray? I don't think so. She You can't lie to that lady. She she's actually too smart. she says it later. 
When she's like, I can tell from your eyes you're telling the truth. So <laughs> she there's scares me. truth in what you say, not telling the truth. Yeah, right. Because it, there's like there's truth, truth in it. There's truth in there not. somewhere, and it's coated in a big pile of whatever that shit we in was fucking with <laughs> earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go. Um, it's not the bedroom, right? It's the living room where Claire and. Jamie have their oh, that's big the scene. Is it really? Because yeah. it's like... There's is, a bed. They're sitting it, on the bed. Isn't it a common... No, okay. Um, and Jamie has an excellent quote that I'm just going to say. And that is, Jenny Cass of... No, or is this Claire that's that said Claire. it? Claire. Sorry, Claire says this. Jenny casts a very warm light on those she trusts and a very cold shadow on those she doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know, she said that. Great quote, like a great piece of insight into a character mm-hmm. said by someone who would know because they mm-hmm. were so close. She says it and there's a little pause and then Julie went, goals. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down. Hashtag goals. Because come on, that's what I want in life. Goals. Um no, they're in the bedroom because they're having a conversation about what they're going to do. And Jamie says, well, we could build a cottage on the edge of the property. We can live and here, just not in the main We can make house. a life here. And Claire's like, have you seen your sister? She's pissed. I could not be less welcome here. Like, no, unless we figure this out, we're going to have to leave because I'm not fucking welcome here. Then they have a conversation that's really sad and pretty, um, basically about... How well, first Jamie talks about the Selkie's treasure, the yeah, the treasure on the treasure. He's doing such a good job too this season because his voice telling that story was just I can't. There was some line he said where I kind of got like chills down my spine, and it was just kind of a descriptive line. It was like, I think it was about the Mackenzie Crest. No, it was something right before he it was like something, something in the stone. And, the, and you just kind of felt like there was mm-hmm. like magic under the earth mm-hmm. or something. His, I think his best moment is still coming, but yeah, yeah. he's so good. In he it. had a great episode and his describe and the, the way that was shot with his voiceover, it was very, very good. Yeah. And let me make a point of this before we move on that we remember from when the guards at the prison went were sent to find him and they're standing overlooking this <laughs> island like there's no way any man could swim that of course he swam it uh, uh, our guy we, Jamie swam it of course he did can we, he's a very strong swimmer <laughs> but a very weak seaman weak seaman strong swimmer <laughs> that him being a weak seaman might be a plot point moving forward oh it's got to be I'm just right. saying. uh can we pour one out real, real quickly for a moment we got to revisit twice today which is when <laughs> the guards all turn their back to look for like a rabbit or something <laughs> and Jamie just runs to and three scotsmen go and put like fake terrain on it fake shrubs they put they put rachel bloom's costume from the most recent episode of crazy ex-girlfriend over top of him and then evilly cackled into it while looking at the camera (laughs) julie hasn't seen this week's episode keenan has also everybody who said hey i really loved all the references to crazy ex-girlfriend in last week's episode you made my whole fucking week (laughs) anyway um uh so we're reminded oh yeah he went and then, and then brush, he brush, brush, swam brush, brush, brush. to the island. And then he swam to the island. In the book, uh, I actually think this is a little bit important because the when Ian is bringing the whole box, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yes. So, oh, yeah. And it's a little ooky spooky, so I understand why they changed it. But in the book, there's a current 
Jamie is trying to swim there. He realizes he's probably going to die because he can't make it, but he's trying to swim there because he thinks there's a chance Claire's there. So he's trying to swim. And right when he thinks, oh man, no, I'm totally going to die. He thinks he hears his mother and his mother's voice says like, let go Jamie something, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden he realizes he's in a current. Like, and this clearly is how they got it to the island in the first place. In a current that takes you basically right to the island. Oh, okay. Of Whoa. like warm water, which to me, I'm always like a pee current. <laughs> yes, like, did he current? just go from the cold ocean to warm water and so then just peed himself? So when anyone goes to the island, and in the books, it's something that the Murray boys all kind of do as a rite of passage. It's not Ian the oh. first time. So every oh, that swim to it. Yeah, so okay. they go if... Um, if somebody, because they think it's related to Bonnie Prince Douche, mm-hmm. um, if there's someone who fought at Culloden who needs money, they'll send somebody mm-hmm. out to get Whoa. one stone to help them. Ah, yeah, so it's that's like a interesting. Bank. So it's like a savings account, mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> but the Murray boys would all go, want, they would go with Jamie and go one at a time as like a rite of passage because Jamie was never around to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lally Brock would write that they needed money and somebody, whatever, they would go and get a stone. Um, so yeah, there's a current that takes him there. Then he takes part of it, leaves the box, and then takes the current back. Will you just remind me, have we been told precisely how the box got there? Was no, that no. we haven't yet? Okay, season no. mystery. This okay. is the first you time you are supposed to wonder. This okay. is the first time that we've seen that he found the actual the whole treasure box. and that it was behind a rock that had the Mackenzie crest carved into it. Yeah, so this is the first time we've had a connection to where the gold might have come well, from or who left we, it there. We do know that Jamie says he found it, then he says he threw it into the sea, right? But he kept one as. Proof. Well, as proof, but hopefully he'd be able to bring it to Lally Brock. But if not, as proof. So he gives it to Lord John. And in the book, he just gives it to him. In the show, he just gives it to him. In the book, he gives it to him and tells him that he swallowed it and then pulled it out of his own shit. And Lord John goes, hmm, and puts it down and then like wipes his hands on his pants. Proof's in the pudding. <laughs> I miss you, coin face. Come back soon. <laughs> um, did you just say proof is in the pudding? <laughs> yes, I did. Um... So this is all, this flashback is all happening while Claire and um, Jamie are having a conversation having a ni- about chit chat. Like what were the like 20 years like? And- He's talking about the reason why he went to Selkie Island the first time is because that crazy guy that died that he was translating said that there was a Duncan white witch Carter. there. And he actually hoped that maybe Claire was there, which is ridiculous on so many I levels. I mean, Claire makes some very strange life choices. That you is- never fucking know. Solid point. <laughs> But that, for all he knows, there could be a stone circle on that island. Oh, I don't know. So the reason why he went there originally was that he thought he might see Claire again, and then he finds a jewels, blah, blah, blah. And then we flash back to Claire and Jamie in the bedroom or wherever they are in Lollybrock, still having this conversation. And Claire says, there was a time in my life whenever I heard birdsong, I would imagine that it was your voice. And Allison was like, prison bird, explained. <laughs> really? I mean, I think it's really smart. That's thinking... Because like, you know they didn't put a shot of the bird in at random, and we thought it was we thought it was somehow like um well that's what freedom looks like, and here I am trapped in this kitchen. And instead, it was Claire thinking like, yeah, Jamie, I also think it's a lovely day. <laughs> Jamie, would you like oh, some porridge? <laughs> oh, Jamie, I don't know. I guess I'll go grocery shopping. But if you want to come here and fuck me, we can do that instead. <laughs> and then the bird is like, 
cheep, 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 cheep. And then she's like, ah, but you don't have a penis. And the, bird, the bird's like, peace, and then flies away, and Claire gets really sad again. Anyway, I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's That's a show choice, and I think that it's an interesting one, even if the dialogue right there is a little bit clunky. But then there's another bird conversation, because Jamie mentions... Oh, hold on, hold on. So you said prison bird explained, and then Keenan's response to that was... This is your job. <laughs> it made me laugh really I hard. I just needed people to know that. And then we go into the gray lark. She's uh, just very good at it, you guys. Explanation. <laughs> and are gray larks, are they a different bird than a morning dove? Or are they the no same bird? Because we have morning doves Let's and they pair for it. life. And you see them together in little couples and they're always together. But I think that that's not specific in the bird kingdom. I think that there are so, I think eagles mate for life. Penguins mate for life. Do geese? I always thought geese did. I don't know if geese do. Gray lark showroom, Chicago. That is not helpful. No. (laughs) Gray's lark, species of lark, found in southwestern Africa. I think that's not it. Um, But Jamie... This is not you. Maybe he didn't even say gray lark. Maybe we heard... He did, but that... he said gray lark, but who knows if that means like one kind of bird that nobody else calls gray larks. Point being, there are are bird... It's a bird that mates for life, and if you kill one, you have to wait for the other because you have to kill it too because that's the main thing. That shit is straight from the book. I think it happens later, but yeah. Because they will grieve themselves to death. And that's very sad. It's, the writing is really beautiful. It's um, spend the rest of its life searching the skies for the lost one. And mm. then they look at each other and they're all sad. And they start to kiss and then the door explodes No, and open. then Jamie says, there's something I've been oh, meaning to right. oh, tell yeah, you. Right. Claire's like, what? what is it? You look so upset. He's like, well, it's really hard. And I got to tell you now, before the door conveniently bursts open. And then, <laughs> boosh, door conveniently bursts open. And in walks in. Two bitches. <laughs> no. Two cute little one, girls. One teenage blonde and a Jamie looking motherfucker. One teenage blonde and one red haired red herring. Very good. She's a fucking red herring. It's the best. So you think, oh my God, Jamie has another kid. I genuinely was sitting, because I haven't read the books, was sitting there thinking like, this bastard i know it's been going on and on oh i didn't get to be a dad well they're calling him dad it's very clear this is your daughter also once again another example of incredible casting in this episode it's Mm -hmm. insane because she Mm -hmm. does not actually look that much like sam huon but does look like what another show would go for if they were trying to cast somebody that looked yeah like yeah it Mm -hmm. makes me feel a little bit like they were trying to cast young brianna and they found somebody who actually looks like if katrina and sam huon had a kid and they used her but there was somebody who was almost that good and they were like bookmark it next year yeah she's <laughs> right? coming back it's just like almost and then the older teenage daughter looks just looks fucking very like Hudson. familiar looking all of a sudden we're like hmm I, why do i recognize that maid face <laughs> <laughs> she does have primo maid face i feel i feel good i feel like i know something and then the, jamie is very surprised to see these two children daddy who is that, that woman, woman? oh <laughs> claire is not in her happy. 90s, so not happy. Or, and and then, her shift. And her shift. And her shift. And then, boom, along comes Leary. <laughs> and then along comes Leary. You know what's funny? Is it's the other association song we were talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Wendy. We were saying, but everyone knows it's Leary. But then along Long comes Leary. And though she's speaking very fast and sometimes in Gaelic, we don't really understand her. And it's the other Except when she says the word cunt. 
the word cunt. <laughs> Which she does straight up use about Claire. It's a very explosive fight scene. Leary is like, you're my husband, you British cunt. It's, it's like that. And the, Claire the looks back from, go back to the hell you came from. horrified and just. Surprised. And- I mean, really good acting from everybody in this scene. It was awful. Claire looked like she might drop to the floor dead. Yes. Oh, she yeah. looked completely so freaked. Jamie gets Leary and the girls out of the room, and Claire, we don't see this for a minute, but we know Claire is not right, <laughs> and it's not okay. Um, it's not right, and it's, it's not, not okay. okay. <laughs> she, Jamie goes down to talk to the youngest daughter, Joan. The, the red-haired, red-haired. Yeah, the, so, there, so uh, Leary has two daughters, I, and this would be a good time to remind people who haven't read the books that Leary's name is spelled L A O G H A I R E. Lawa. Leary. Anyway, he it's goes like down. that scotch over there is Lafroy, but it's uh, got like a G in Lafroy. there. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so Jamie goes downstairs, and then this is also not in the books. Um, but I think it's really smart because you know what? Jamie Fraser, in a situation like this, knowing that the love of his life is upstairs, maybe preparing to get the hell out of Dodge, knowing that a woman he married is losing her goddamn mind in another room, knowing he just caused chaos in his home, he would take five minutes and talk to a little girl who didn't understand what was happening and was really scared. Mm-hmm. He would. It's a, a invention of the show that I think is really smart. And it is exactly, it is every scene in every movie ever where a dad Tells his kid that mom, he and mommy are getting a divorce. Yeah. But it doesn't mean we don't love you. We still love you very much. And I'm still going to, you'll always be my little girl. We just, we don't have that. Can I, uh, you know what? They called him dad, right? They call him daddy. Yeah. In the book, I think they call him da, but anyway. Same, same. Um, personal question. Your parents are divorced. Yeah. They are. Yes. So are mine. Julie has an unconventional childhood. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very Ju- charitable way of putting it. Whatever. Julie was raised by an amazing couple. That is very true. Uh, her grandparents, who are incredible. I wish that we, you know what? Maybe at some point I'll take a little video of you doing the grand, uh, doing the mamma glasses push up <laughs> and put it on the internet because it's the best. Um, did you have one of those conversations with your parents? Did you oh, have a. For sure. I didn't. So I recognized it as like. A pop culture thing? Oh, no, it definitely happened for real. So Scotty and I had been away at summer camp, and we knew when we were getting home from summer camp that the next day we were getting our wisdom teeth pulled. Oh, my God. So we were really bummed out about coming home from summer camp, but it was okay because the fourth Harry Potter book had just come out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we were going to read the fourth Harry Potter book while we were recovering from getting our wisdom teeth out. So we get home from summer camp. We're exhausted. We're dirty and tired. We're sad to leave all of our friends goodbye. And then um, our parents set us down oh, the God. night before the surgery. <laughs> Guess what? Bad. So, well, <laughs> it's a funny story because it does sound like, hey, guys, come on. But on the other hand, we were going to be disoriented and confused for a week anyway. Right. right. And probably so, eating a lot of ice cream and jello and yeah. watching a lot of movies. So we just sat around miserably for a week, f- miserable and confused on many fronts, and read Harry Potter and you know that wasn't the worst way oh. to find out. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I but there was definitely the conversation. We both love you very much. We are still a family. It's going to look different. You know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's a better way to deal with the fallout from that conversation than reading the fourth Harry Potter book. 
You know? Because you know what? Goblet of Fire, that was the longest one at That's the time. That's the best one. It's a good it's one. It's a really good one. one. It's a really good one. It's my favorite. It might be my favorite. It'd be in the It's in my top, my top of my list. Is it in your top seven? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. I can get it because there's seven books. You get it? Oh, by the way, spoilers for Harry Potter. <laughs> hey, I didn't say anything about anybody dying. Uh, there were only seven books. <laughs> Plus one play and um, several for fake now. textbooks. For now, hey, JK, call me. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that conversation is both a trope and a reality. I think it's a beautiful scene, honestly. And it's, I it was think, lovely. Sam, as it turns it's out, Sam Huon, fucking great with kid actors. Good with kids. Because that little girl in the scene where they were rushing in, I was like, oh boy, mm-hmm. man. That's rough. And then in that scene, she was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot like when a couple of scenes with Willie, I was like, oh, boy. And then <laughs> every time they had a scene one-on-one, he was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, you could tell that this little girl, aside from the child actor, the character, preferred Jamie yeah. to her mother. Like, you you could kind of feel that. She was scared and sad. She was scared and sad because she had been there before. She had been there maybe I don't know if she was the first or second husband's child. Yeah, but I, have a, I have a book question. Are do the do Leary's two daughters share a father, or are they husband one I, and husband two? It's a little foggy for me. Okay. I'm fairly sure that they share a father, and I think father is husband two because Leary's first husband dies at Culloden. Okay. Oh, so she gets married not that long after Jamie and Claire vamoose, mm-hmm. um, and he dies at Culloden. Gotcha. So okay. I'm not sure. I'm fairly certain that they're both second husband's kids um the rest of the questions we'll have about leary's other husbands are uh unclear in the book as well intentionally okay Okay. Okay. yeah yeah it's and then we come back to claire in the room feverishly packing her bat suit she is out of there (laughs) you know when you have that kind of i don't I don't know your romantic history at all. I know that you had at least one very upsetting breakup in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have had a couple. Uh, there's a thing that I think, I don't know if she's doing it intentionally, but I was like, that looks familiar, where you can tell that somebody is having the worst day of their life and they're trying really hard to get the shit done they need to get done so they can get the hell out of a bad situation while trying really hard to not have diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're so upset that their right. guts have turned to water, basically. And she was running around. It was like, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta, gotta ignore the co- the song my body is singing me. <laughs> like I, I gotta pack. I gotta pack all this shit that I made on my sewing machine to bring me back in time. And then I'm probably gonna die when I go through those stones. And also, I love my daughter, and I do not have time to shit right now. <laughs> and so Jamie comes in. This is happening, and he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! And she's like, No! And she unleashes on him a little bit. Like, you were married. You didn't tell me. The fuck is wrong with you? Look he at those kids. Her. Look at those kids. You have children because of the red-haired, red herring. She goes, look at that red hair. And he's like, I'm not the only red-headed man in Scotland. And Allison's response was, not the time, brah. <laughs> it's not the time. Not the time for your smart remarks, bitch. Good joke, but not right now. So I want to talk about this scene for a minute. I thought there's one thing that I hated about this scene mm. and everything else I basically loved. Like it should be messy and complicated and upsetting and it should be confusing and we should have a conversation about the shit that happens at the end of it, mm-hmm. uh, which is in the book, Ugh. but not, not like quite the same way. It's a, it's a, you can understand how those two people would work through something that big by like, 
well, I mean with sex, right? Like they would somehow this outburst of anger and grief and shame and remorse and love would result in somehow all of a sudden they're fucking or almost fucking. Mm -hmm. You can understand two people that physical. Mm -hmm. You can understand how that would happen. But the one thing I hated, tell me if you can guess it. I think I can guess. You guess. Is it the music? Yes. Yes. Yep. Because when it started, we were like, oh my God, it's the hijinks music. It almost. is. It's it was like the hijinks music. I was going to say that. And, the, and scene. the fight after the dinner. when, And it's like the music they use when something is so uncomfortable. D- but somehow we're supposed to be okay with it. It was the same as like the field hockey game music. Yeah. yeah. And I thought otherwise, apart from that, and obviously I love the music in Outlander. I think it's Me great. Me too. Apart from that, I thought it was so well-directed, and what you were just talking about, you understand that for these people, it's going to be messy and complicated, and maybe an observer would be like, this is not the way to solve this argument. But for these people, I thought the scene was directed and acted so beautifully, and things led, progressed, you understood what was happening, but the rollicking music <laughs> behind it, geez, well, it's it wasn't the, good. The other time that I think that music was used is, was at the end of the fucking dinner party, where yes. Mary comes in yes. and she's just been raped and she's having a like a panic attack basically. Let's fight with knives and kick some shit. Yes, it's yeah. a, let's fight. <laughs> it was like that, and it was like, oh yes, they're fighting, but that doesn't mean we need it to be scored. No. We need to be able to hear what's happening and let. If you're gonna underscore it, just really simple, like or sad, sad. Or- just sad, absolutely. Like a, a low drone underneath, maybe, or yeah. I don't know, just something because it's not and it's I, not fun. And I get what they were going for. I think it was an attempt to build up to the end of the moment, which mm-hmm. is legitimately funny and wonderful and great. But I think it was a mistake to assume that we couldn't think that was funny without being cued in advance that things were going to be funny for a second. Right. Yeah. So uh, they fight, they scrap, they scrap, they fight, and then they. Well, and it's like he kisses years. her, she slaps him, he it's kisses like, her again, uh, and there's yeah, a lot of grabbing in a way that's really gross because it's hard to forget how much bigger than her he is, and she, and she is, tells him no at one point. Yes. He's got her pinned down, and that's not very cool. Which, by the way, if somebody you're married to uh, comes at you and you say no, and they insist. That is sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So, and like, we shouldn't ignore that. Just because then it becomes a consensual thing, complicated but consensual thing, does not mean that Jamie is not really fucking in the wrong there. He's mm-hmm. really. Mm. Um, but I don't want to skip past the 20 years of baggage. This is the second 20 years of baggage fight they've had in two episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, and they both have fair points, but mostly. It's clear who has the fair points. Yeah. Because when he tries to be like, well, you left me. And she's like, you made me go through the stones. bastard. (laughs) What is fucking? (laughs) And what's a sadist? Um, Because it... it, it, I would have died. I gladly would have died. You know what? Your Katrina Mafama impression is pretty solid. Thanks. Only when she's really mad. (laughs) It's... It's really, and I think his best moment in the whole episode is in this scene. No. No, yeah, it's this one. Um, When she, I wish I should have written down the exact line. When she starts, when she's packing and she says something about you should have told me and it was a lie. He gets this look on his face like he's just going to explode. It's maybe my favorite Sam Hewen moment in the whole Mm -hmm. series is this one moment in this scene. He's very good in this scene. Uh, They both are. 
Um, I think it is great. And then Jenny throws a bucket of water on them like they're fucking dogs in your front yard. You got to turn the hose on them. And it was beautiful and wonderful. And yeah. I loved and her we were all like, over again. like, thank God for ending that shit. Because yeah. we were all a little bit pissed that they were That's immediately true. fucking. And I wouldn't have been and pissed. music. I wouldn't have been pissed if it wasn't for the music. It would have been, we still would have talked about it a lot. Yeah. But the music was super duper wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, so wrong. We can add it to more uh, Angry Fireplace sex. Yes, there's a that, lot of angry fireplace sex in this show. That uh, category in their repertory. But um, yeah, the music was a bummer. Thank God for Jenny. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they separate and Claire is um, chagrined. <laughs> <laughs> and so furious. And she is sitting by a fireplace just like thinking it out. And then Janet appears and Janet says the only words that should ever be said in that moment. Would you like some whiskey? <laughs> and we're all like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. The next generation really has it figured out between they know. Roger and Janet. They and just we know what in, to do. And we and we in does it every time. <laughs> yep. So Janet pours her a strong one and is like, Hi, I know we don't really know each other, but I want you to know that I'm the one that went and got Larry. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry about that. And Claire's like, why? Why would you do that? She's like, uh... A kilikilki, a kiran kellen, a clumba clingy, a clagadoo de kamanum. I have no idea. What was she saying? A stramash. It's a stramash. And then she goes, um... Kitty, I think it might be kitty kelki. I don't remember. My, my mom She's like, well, why, why did you tell her? Why did you do it? Because my mom told me to. My mom told me to go get her. Uh, I should tell you, as the book reader, these two, that of all of the things that happened in this episode, all the reveals, all the twists, that was the one where they both went, Yeah, me me and Keenan both went, paused it. We paused it. They were like, Jay, what? And they lost their damn minds. Damn it. Lost their minds. I was mad. Because you know what? The sickest burn of all was friendship. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, oh, crap. And then somehow they are all dressed and about to leave Lollipop? Well, presumably it's the, oh, we're, there's a conversation at some point that Jenny and Ian have that I, um, mm-hmm. yeah, where Jenny is like, well, Claire's. Clean, she's cleaning up the, all the shit that they broke from their sex fight. Well, there are two. Because yeah. there's the scene with Ian where she's cleaning up. Mm-hmm. And then there's one she has with Jamie where she's like, Claire is getting ready to sleep in the living room and Leary left and whatever. And they have a little brief conversation that's super upsetting. Then she has another conversation with Ian where she's so pissed. And she's obviously doing that thing where you start ranting about something, expecting your partner to be like, yeah, I know. I agree with that you. That is the 100%. I've got your back. And he's like, uh, um, I hear your prayers, bitch. I hear what you <laughs> oh, pray for. Right. I oh, know. that scene was lovely. Yeah. They're so good. They're so good. It's like you pray every night for Jamie's happiness. And you know he hasn't been happy, and here's his chance, so get it to And you Jenny won't Murray. give it to him. Yeah, and she's And him. you can see in her face, she goes, <sighs> and then she folds a napkin while telegraphing in her mind, you're right. Fine. You're right, God Daddy. God damn it. Daddy, God damn it. God damn it, Daddy. <laughs> Let's have makeup sex. <laughs> so then... Claire and Sam are about to walk out the gate of Lollybrock. We can only assume that they're going to go make their lives somewhere else. Oh, or no. Whatever. She is getting ready she's to leave. She's leaving. Okay, so it's her He's leaving. She's there. She's packed. She's got her bat suit on. She's got some, like, so many pockets. Like, like 300 Like pockets. a leather sack. Mm-hmm. She's going back and to She's the like, stones. no, I'm leaving. I, I don't. And then she references something he brought up. 
during the wedding, maybe it was the episode after the wedding, I think there is room for secrets between us, but not for lies. Right. It's like you you could have had a secret. Oh, I forgot about that. But mm-hmm. instead you lied. You lied to me. And he keeps being like, well, I did. She's like, no. That's You're a right. lie of omission. And it's a huge one. It's because that one, that's one of the points she makes is you told me you never fell in love with anyone else. He was like, I didn't. I never fell in love with anyone else. She's like, yeah, but you got fucking married. You couldn't mention that. You told me about your son. You couldn't tell me about your fucking wife mm-hmm. oh that's the moment where he says i'm a coward no i couldn't because i'm a coward that's yep. the moment that is my favorite scene oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that anyway. was in the that was in the room right yes so she's leaving and he's like you can't you can't leave we got to talk this out she's like no fuck you i gotta go i have a daughter and like baths and buses and like <laughs> and antibiotics antibiotics back later <laughs> I, there are cheeseburgers there's like twizzlers do you understand i love twizzlers there's I, people have pets that aren't fucking sheep and like i <laughs> the whole world there are bras like bras that aren't corsets that are properly fitted by mm-hmm. going to people to have mm-hmm. your measurements taken and not Thank conforming to the system put on you by Victoria's Secret I feel seen <laughs> <laughs> thank you and he's like no but you, no but you gotta stay and no, then no, no, no. And, then, and then along comes Leary <laughs> along comes Leary through that gate holding a pistol like she okay, means it her costume is great they have aged her really really well I think well, Very well, so I think Stephen Cree is the one who most convincingly looks old based That's on daddy. Look. They're all yeah. too gorgeous for words. Mm. Uh, but uh, of all of them, I'm assuming Nell Hudson is the youngest. I would think so. I think so. Yeah. And she would have been the youngest when we met her too. She was right. like 15 or something. Mm-hmm. So now she'd be 35. Mm-hmm. And she not only looks 35, she looks old time 35. She mm-hmm. looks a little bit weirdly older than Claire, which makes sense because she has had to, you know, have children in the good old days and mm-hmm. like live in the good yeah, old well, days. Yeah, well, because Claire right. went back to moisturizer. Yes. Moisture mm-hmm. town. Right. Bean town <laughs> and beauty parlors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and like um, and Claria, Remember, and, she colored her hair. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she and baths and like you know showers mm-hmm. daily. Showers. In hindsight, you know what Claire should not have fucking done is colored her hair. Oh my god, I can't stop thinking about that. The roots, Claire. Yeah, the roots, the roots girl. Because it doesn't happen in the book. <laughs> Because her hair's going to grow up. People and are going to be, be like, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> right? And what a great point. Why wouldn't you want to look at least somewhat convincingly older if a bunch of people you knew 20 years ago were going to be like, well, you look exactly the same. You're gorgeous <laughs> raven dark hair. Wetch. Wetch. Burn her. So speaking of burn her, oh, Larry comes, comes Larry. through the gate with a fucking pistol ready to go. She's and as we things, recall screaming. from... The episode where Jamie is the stupidest he's ever been, except for maybe all the episodes where he didn't tell his wife about his other wife, mm-hmm. uh, where he shot a gun at a bird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as we remember, owning a firearm in the Highlands is illegal. Crime. Mm-hmm. Like a very serious crime. It, guns, kilts, and dignity. Those are the things <laughs> against they the weren't law. allowed to have. So... Larry screams a lot of things about, he's mine. You're not going to take him. I've come to protect what's mine. And is pointing a gun at Claire. Right. And then Jamie is trying to calm her down. He kind of wiggles himself in front of Claire. And he kind of wiggles his way in between. We have not been living together for many months now. Please calm down. And you know It was not perfect, but you were mine. And then what what makes her like freak out and pull the trigger? I think she's just having a nervous fucking like... 
some she's very angry and upset. I don't want to prescribe mental illness to her yeah. because honestly, pretty much anybody in that situation, particularly someone who's, as we'll talk about later, been traumatized by a relationship yeah. in some mm-hmm. sense previously, it's understandable they would have an outsized emotional reaction. It's not understandable they would bring a gun to their outsized emotional reaction. We do reaction. not see the calm scheming Leary in not this scene. All who uh, once told like a perfectly crafted lie in front of the witch trial jury or planted an ill wish. We, we do not see that Leary. We see a Leary who's so broken and just, I hate to use the word hysterical. What's a better word, but just she, her emotions are at such a heightened fever pitch. She's all, it's all out there. There's like I mean, nothing. I actually think in. hysterical is the right word it? and it's society's fault that we feel like we can't use it. That's because true. It's a very loaded word. When you say hysterical about a woman, often the person saying that is a man and they're an asshole and they're a a doctor in the olden times getting ready to do terrible. Oh, you're having a feeling? You must be hysterical. Right. Mm -hmm. This is more like starving hysterical naked, right? Like this is like a Ginsburg hysterical. It was very naked emotion going on here. And even though... I don't think it, it's obviously not healthy emotion. It, I, oh God, it was rough. I don't like Leary, but man, I felt for her in this yeah. episode. Well, as we talked about in our brief Oof. Instagram live thing today, mm-hmm. it is an accomplishment and worth noting, both for Diana Gabaldon and for the show, that they're willing to take a character who is not likable and, uh, quote unquote likable and, um, make them somewhat more sympathetic. Um, just through virtue of their lived experience. You can say that person has had an incredibly difficult life and you can understand why they would react this way, but it doesn't make it okay. It's not right and it's not Not okay, okay. but it is at least a little bit worthy of sympathy. She pulls the trigger accidentally and boom, shoots Jamie It's like she, it's, (laughs) it's like, Four degrees removed from if she sneezed and the trigger went off. <laughs> yes, that's yes. kind of it's like that. Yes. And she shoots him in the shoulder. She's horrified. Full of runs shot. away. You know what? Well, Claire pushes her away and then she runs. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Claire is like, fuck you. And then she's horrified and runs away. And then guess what? It's so fucking lucky that his first wife, honorable first wife, is a skilled surgeon with it's, penicillin in her bed. Yeah. Right? And all of her sweet surgery knives and scalpels. So she takes him in and we get another great Claire operates on Jamie scene with no shirt on where she digs shit out of his chest. Uh, watching these scenes with Julie is basically just watching something on television where you catch most of the dialogue, but not all of it because the rest of the time she's going, oh God, God. And Allison's quote on this was, Claire's always pulling shit out of Jamie. <laughs> just always. It is. Uh, I th- this is a, uh, the circumstances are really different. Uh, in the books, uh, Claire leaves, Jenny packs her a bag and has a horse ready. Whoa. Claire leaves to go back to the stones. And then like a day later, I think she sleeps before it actually happens. A day later, Wean catches up with her and is like, you have to come back. You have to come back. You have to come back. She's like, no, get out of the way of my horse. I don't want to trample you, but I will. He's like, no, you have to come back. You don't understand. Jamie's dying. And she's like, oh, Fine. And then entertains the notion that he shot himself on purpose to get her back. Whoa. Which he didn't. But Leary shows up and shoots him. 
So Leary shoots him either way. In the books, shoots him probably intentionally. Um, in the arm still, it's still in the arm. He still gets a fever. And uh, when she shows up, he has a fever and he's talking to her like he's going to die. And she gives him the penicillin and whatever. All of that is mostly the same. But it's, again, over a much longer period of time. Mm-hmm. But her uh, accidentally shooting Jamie when she's meaning to shoot Claire is an invention of the show that I think is really smart because it makes mm-hmm. more sense. It does make more sense. Yeah. And we got the lovely scene while Claire is pulling shit out of Jamie, mm-hmm. where first you get him completely liquored up because that's the anesthesia that you have. Right. So handsome shirtless Jamie is drunk out of his mind getting shit pulled out of him, and Ian is there watching and is like, what are those fancy knives, auntie? Like something, what did he say? He said, you have such special Special, Special knives. fancy knives, auntie. Um, I knew an excellent cutler in Boston. <laughs> but mm. he's calling her auntie. Yeah. And, and it's very and she sweet. mentions and my entire heart melted. I she's know. She mentions that he's the only one that's done that. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And you can see him go like, well, I mean, you're awesome. He clearly Money loves her. Your honorable first That's wife. when he gives her the whiskey. It's great. Yeah. It's a great, great This like, is it. She he, hands he, her the bottle and she's like, no, he's had enough. He's like, it's for you, it's auntie. It's for you. Look at what you've done. Well, and he makes a no duh face. He's like, <laughs> it's not for Uncle Jamie. Look, he's passed it's out. It's for you. And uh, we were trying to decide whether or not he was passed out from drinking or whether or not he was passed out from pain or whether or not he was just meditating and Allison's <laughs> quote was drunk or meditating. Whiskey, vagina. Whiskey, vagina. I tried to think of other things that would go on the list. It would be like, whiskey, vagina, printing press, <laughs> vagina, not being on a boat, whiskey, vagina, printing press, vagina, not being on a boat, <laughs> over and over and over again. Uh, it's, a, it's a good little scene. And uh, so she operates on him, and then he's recovering, and he's hanging out shirtless with a bandage around his shoulder. We've seen this before. And he's by the fire, and they have a heart-to-heart discussion. And um, he's does he ask for some whiskey? And the she says no. The first thing she's getting ready, she's pouring whiskey into a, pouring something into a glass. He's like, "Oh, whiskey, good, thanks." She's like, "No, you don't get any whiskey. You need liquids, water or broth." And he's like. But whiskey's a liquid, isn't it? <laughs> whiskey's a liquid, no. No. <laughs> and we're like, welcome to the podcast, Welcome Sam. to the podcast, Sam. <laughs> it's Come on in, the water's fine. Anyway, she does not give him whiskey, and instead they have a conversation about Leary, where she asks what happens, and he says, are you sure you want to know? And she says yes, and then she talks about Hogmanay. Hogmanay flashback starts out, so it's like another Charles Dickens type <laughs> It's the holidays and everybody is happy, but Sam, I mean, Jamie. It does look awesome. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like everybody is dancing around at Lollybrock and he's talking about how it reminded him of when he was a kid and everybody would be so happy. So I guess Hogmanay is a New Year's celebration, the New Year's celebration. And he says he came home, but it wasn't really home because he was like a ghost because everybody had moved on. Mm -hmm. And that is what Claire felt like when she went back. So she's like, yeah, I know. Been there, bruh. And uh, he starts telling the story. Uh, the Leary, two girls he doesn't know, come up and say, do you want to dance with us? And he says, I haven't danced in a long time. They're like, who fucking cares? So they dance and you can see how happy he is. And, and it's her two little girls. And yeah. one of them has this long, flowing blonde hair that's loose like Leary's used to be. And my God, her face looks like Leary. She Leary's. looks, she looks so like much like, like Nelson. It's incredible. And it's then crazy. the little redhead, you're like, oh, not his kid. Well, and you can see. Incredible casting. You think maybe... <laughs> he was probably thinking about what his daughter or son might have looked like. And anyway, you see Jenny, Laura Donnelly is so good in this scene. Mm. The whole time she's dancing with her husband, she's watching her brother smile. For the first time in memory. Decades. And she's 
she looks so happy. And then he finds out that they're Leary's daughters and he looks over and he sees Nell Hudson and they smile at each other. And And he's like, and I married her. Reader, I married her. Reader, I married her. Um, uh, And he says, well, I wanted to be a father and I wanted to be a husband. And um, all of the stuff with the kids is, I mean, the kids are not an invention of the show, but um, he just sees Leary at Hogmanay. The kids aren't there. All of that is a show. Oh, that's And I think it's really smart. Yeah. Because you can see how there would be an extra incentive. Right. He would get to do a thing he always wanted to do that he never got to do because his life has been a garbage heap. Well, and he always kind of had a soft spot for young Leary before she did terrible things. Yes. And this girl showing up might have reminded him when he was young and they were all young before bad things happened. And Speaking of terrible things, I forgot to mention this earlier. Mm-hmm. You guys remember the ill wish, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know what fucking Allison did to me today? <laughs> <laughs> so at the beginning of the show, when they had the snack spread and they're like chestnuts and shit, she goes, oh, Julie, you remember that candle you bought the other day? Chestnut and fig? It smells so good. You should light that up because there's chestnuts and figs on this table. And then figs get mentioned by the little girl in this very scene. Would you like a fig? Do so you like, like figs? You know what? I will light that candle. And I stand up in my living room, walk over to the candle, open it up because it's got a little tin lid on it. And what is inside but a motherfucking ill wish? <laughs> <laughs> it is not- actually an ill wish. It was the fucking suede strap from Allison's D&D dice bag that broke last <laughs> night and she tied it into this little thing that looks kind of like a wicker man. So it really does look like an old wish. So I open oh. this motherfucker up. There it is. First of all, your lizard brain kicks in and I'm like, spider! <laughs> no. It's a fucking ill wish. I'm staring at it and Allison starts laughing and I'm like, you bish. <laughs> swish, then, swish, bitch. And then I started screaming about it for a while and then I lit the candle because it does smell extra good. And it did smell great. And then we watched really the episode. Nice. Thank it was you. a nice moment. But I did have to bring that back when I was thinking about the <laughs> ill wish. You guys, Allison straight up ill wished me. Oh, wow. So Claire and Jamie haven't really made up, but they, they've they come to a like a like a state of detente. Oh, wait, wait. We didn't talk about when he dis- described their marriage and how he couldn't <gasps> oh. touch her. Oh, yeah. So, man. uh, she says, what happened basically? Was it, was it what you wanted? And he mm-hmm. says, well, sort of, I the fucking time, love those kids. The time was great with the kids. The rest of it was one of the best okay. times of my life. Yeah. Then, it, but it didn't work because for whatever reason, she didn't want me to touch her. Every time I came near her, she would flinch. Every time I was in the room, she'd act afraid. And every time we were in bed, she was terrified. And I don't know. And like she wouldn't talk to him for weeks at a time. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was her first husband or her second husband, but somebody hurt her. And I could, and she was hurt in a place I couldn't fix it. And that is a paraphrase of a quote from the book that I don't think he said, Mm -hmm. but there was something hurt in her that I couldn't fix. And so we left. It was so heartbreaking because all she wanted was for him to touch her when we first met her. All she wanted was to be held in his arms. And now, like, she can't abide it. Well, and then you think about all of the things that women go through in life that make them uh, terrified in that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, trauma Mm -hmm. can do a number on you, and it can last your whole fucking life. We're opening another growler, guys. Um, And I just, I think that it was really handled, really well handled by Sam, Really well handled by Ketcherovum. And uh, even though we don't see her in that scene, I think Nell Hudson does a good job of showing us how that mm-hmm. grown woman is different from that conniving girl. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we we went past one of the like best sick burns in the episode, which was when Jamie says, You told me to be nice to her. 
And she says, I told her, I told you to thank her, not marry her. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Um, And then she touches his face and is like, oh my God, you're burning up. He's like, it's the heat of shame. I'm burning up, burning up for your penicillin. And at the same time, Allison and I both went, been there. (laughs) Yep, the heat of my shame. (laughs) Yeah, the heat of my shame. So uh, she whips out her little surgery kit she reaches into one of her 97 pockets pulls out a big ass needle fills it with a milky liquid and he's like wait what what huh what no what what turn to your right turn to your right and relax and then just sticks him in the butt with it and he's like how is that going to help my arm (laughs) and she's like how is sticking needles into my arse gonna help my arm and she's like it's penicillin and i looked at helis and i was like hope he's not allergic yeah for real i mean i guess he would have died anyway, right? Well, I mean, I am actually allergic to penicillin, and it's the only thing that reliably doctors or anybody all will make a big deal out of. Whenever I write it on a uh, medical form, there, I was like, oh, allergic to penicillin. And I'm like, yes, thank you for reading it. <laughs> but that's always the thing that gets mentioned. So I'm like, mm, taking a risk there, a bet. You're cool. He's pretty strong. Weak semen, but pretty strong constitution. <laughs> strong swimmer. I think... I think <laughs> You're oh fine. Oh my god. Weak semen, but strong, strong swimmer. swimmer. Yeah. Uh so she shoots him up with penicillin to keep him from getting an infection due Second to time her. he got shot in one day. Womp <laughs> <laughs> womp. And she uh shoots him up and he recovers. And then there's Laura I have a goddamn it Laura Donnelly written down here. Oh uh, well, she and Claire have a scene. That's right. This is the one where she goes, mm. there's oh. truth in what you're telling me. It's, oh, yeah. this scene made me very sad. I just was screaming internally at the TV. Like, you have there to are tell two. her. There's this one, and then there's another great Laura Donnelly scene. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that Claire and Jamie talk about in one of their many heated conversations in this episode is whether or not Claire should tell Jenny that she's a fucking time traveler. And Jamie is she like, told uh, her. no, you shouldn't. You're wrong, Jamie. Yeah. Or at the very least, if she didn't tell her about the time traveling, she should have told her about Brianna. Yes, I wondered about that. That was yes. that well. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Don't spoil it. Well, no, it's I'm not spoiling anything. I think just like it's really hard to explain why Claire would just disappear for 20 years and not write home about it. Right. It's very hard to understand how Claire would have a kid by that's Jamie related to this family and not and, let them and know. like keep them apart. Yeah. Right. Right. Like it's like not have her and there because with her. she can't summon Brianna. What is she going to do? Say like, Oh yeah, I had a kid, but I, She's I, so, I, I so I never told you about, yep. I mean, I guess you could say I had a baby, but it died or I had, I did have Ugh. Jamie's kid, but we miscarried or yeah. something. Um, but instead she says, did you have any bairns? She's talking about, when she's talking about Frank and and Claire goes, no, it's like uh, I didn't. I have any children with him. him. Exactly. Which we do believe that Hawkeye Jenny should have been like. Zuh? Well, Hawkeye Jenny knows that something is up. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. Who is it? It's a lawyer. Oh shit! You're getting served with the finest Ned Gowan. I'm so glad to see him. Oh, it made me so he happy. He has appeared. He is 93 motherfucking years old. And how do you get to be that old back then? 
And he says, I never got married. I'm like, you know what, Ned? <laughs> it's a quick little scene, but it is just wonderful. And Claire is so glad to see him. Oh, she's so happy. And he's so, so glad to see her. Right. And then oh. he he has been summoned, as we remember, by Jamie to figure out how to get out of his marriage to Leary. And because he literally actually was married before, that does make his marriage to Leary null and void. But now Leary's coming back with need for support, alimony, whatever. She's asking for a lot of money, like 20 pounds plus 10 pounds a month for maintaining her lifestyle, which I got to tell you, again, Pete's stove and the two room cabin does not need 10 pounds a month. <laughs> well, yeah, but also, pounds a year, but still, yeah, yeah, it, that was a lot then. T- that was a lot, but it was also not that much. I mean, these people basically live on potatoes and like whatever of their beloved animals they can kill. Mm-hmm. So it's, it seemed a little spite. It's spite. Yeah. It's spite. Oh, absolutely. And then they bring up, well, she shot him. So, so and they're like, oh, guns are illegal. What can we do there? And they're talking about how they could bring her up on charges of owning a gun. And Claire's like into this. And Jamie's like, no, no, man, I'm not doing that. And Claire's like, ah, what? <laughs> and he's like, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not doing that to those kids. And she's like, oh, right, fair. Fine, God fine. We, it. we won't uh, deport her to the colonies. Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene. So Ned Gowan exhumed stage left. You're great. We know you're Real on quick, our side. I, I know this episode's gone long, so I won't talk about it very long. But one of the one of the two things cut from this episode that I was really bummed about is that um, the, Ned Gowan shows up not because Jamie summoned him, but because Leary's brother showed up with him, and oh. they're really worried that when. Um, this brother whose name is Patrick Philip Paul, something with a P shows up. Um, he's going to bring a gun and Jamie is going to have to fight him even though he's injured. Mm. And, uh, and Ian, we, Ian, sorry, runs into a conversation that Claire and Jenny are having. It's like, ma, uncle Mackenzie is here. She's like, did he bring a gun? And he goes, no, he brought a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's Ned Gowan. So Ned Gowan is there actually representing Leary. Oh, that's different. Uh, And they see each other and they're like, it's so good to see you. And they're hugging and they're hugging. Hobart, that's his name. The brother's name is Hobart. And then Hobart goes, (coughs) and he's like, oh, oh, so we shall have to save our catching up for later, my dear. (laughs) And then they have a conversation where Ned basically negotiates this alimony. And it's, um, it's a delight. Anyway, that's it. That's interesting. Yeah, what? it's just time. They just I cut the had time. some beers. Where did they leave that conversation in the show? Does she does get the alimony? She or? gets one sum of twenty pounds and ten pounds a year. And I don't know if this is mentioned, um, but he also has to provide dowries for her daughters. Woof. So then Jamie is with the family, with the Murray clan, and he's like, "Oh, okay. Here's the bag. I know where I can get this money. There's this little right. log box on, as Keenan called it." He goes, I know where to get this money. And he goes, Treasure Island. This is when we knew that this was going to be a, this an all-time great podcast guest situation because she kept making jokes before we could and they were and funnier than ours. And I would write them ours. down and attribute, uh-huh. attribute them to her because I am not fucking BuzzFeed or Carlos <laughs> Mencia. And also thank you for that because I forgot that no, I them. So. I write down the bits. I write down the bits. And then he said, the island of the Selkies. And Keenan went, Whatever. Yes, it's whatever, obviously whatever. Treasure, Treasure Island. Island. Come on, man. And Claire's like, wait, how far away is that? And he's like, a quarter mile. And we're like, what? <laughs> okay. 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 It's really close. Wait, he was in jail that close to Lallybrock? I guess so. No. That's how far it is from the island. The island from the shore oh, is a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. swimming. It's okay. a ways away. Oh, but okay. if it yes, was yes. a Murray boy thing, like, wouldn't that be 
close-ish no, to love. No, they would. Tra- it was like a. It turned into like a ritual of manhood. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, it's of way- because they talk when they talk about the prison. They say it's so far removed from everything but this teeny tiny village mm-hmm. that if somebody escaped, they would have nowhere to go. All right. Gotcha. So they get there, and Wean has already volunteered his tribute. I'm a strong swimmer. Oh, he's so precious. I love him. And so we see Claire and Jamie on the cliff watching Ian swim out to the island. It's sweet. He makes it. There's a little bit of an, a, a current at the end. But he gets on, and he's, and he's on the island. And Jamie's looking through his looking glass. And Claire is very sad. Mm, maybe I shouldn't have come back. Maybe this was a bad idea. Maybe we just shouldn't be together. And then what is the line that he says to her about, can you take the man that I am? Can you risk the man I am for the sake of the man I was? It's a slight paraphrase, but that is straight from the books. Mm. And it's like, Claire's like nodding and thinking about it. And they look over, pulls out his eyeglass. They see we and raise the treasure chest. And then, fuck, what's that behind the island? So no, first they see the ship. Yeah. And then Ian, who occasionally is kind of adult, comes out on the island and is like, look, chest of treasure. And they're like, no, no, no. To be fair, he had a pretty safe assumption that there wasn't going to be anybody totally. else there. And, and also, it was think, a gigantic ship that gigantic suddenly appeared with so many nowhere. Sails. Like, couldn't they From see behind that shit? the island? I know. It was like the size like, of the whole island. When they were coming up on the island, and couldn't they see the boat? We were screaming, and Claire and Jamie were screaming, and it was very stressful. And then we and got pirate napped. Pirate napped. I mean, we don't know for sure they're pirates. I'm not saying anything, but it appears to he it appears to be pirates. Shipnapped. Shipnapped. If we've learned oh, anything from movies, shit-napped. they're pirates. And then there's a drone shot, which Allison oh. was very <laughs> pleased with, with a drone. I love it. It was beautiful. Shot. Pulling away from Claire and Jamie on the shore, looking at Selkie Island and the that gorgeous, gorgeous oh. shore. And we skipped a really important scene. What was it? Claire and Jenny outside the house. Uh when Claire and Jenny are sitting outside the house. Oh yes, when they almost make when up. when Claire is tr- when Claire is trying to talk to her, Jenny's like, "You left him, and I, I, you were like a sister to me." Was this right before they left for the island? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, or I think it might be before Ned Gowan. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, it's a really beautiful scene, beautifully acted by both of them. And she is so angry, and Claire is so sad, and she says, "I loved you too. All I want is a second chance." And you can see on Jenny's face, she's like. Fine, but I, think, I don't like it. I think that's why I wrote God Damn It, Laura Donnelly, right before Ned Gowan. God, could be either of them. I think it happened. Anyway, Laura Donnelly, thank you so much for your work. <sighs> they both did such a lovely job. It was a great mm-hmm. scene. So overall, pretty great episode, yeah. I yeah. much preferred this episode to the last episode. Yeah, me yeah. too. There's uh, exactly one thing where I was like, <laughs> no. And it's that music cue. Yeah. Everything else yeah. I was pretty cool with. Mm-hmm. There are, we were going to read some fan messages today. Um, a really smart message that we got from, I think her name is Heather, um, about the adaptive changes in the last episode. Um, some funny tweets and things, but it's, this episode has just gone too long. We have to record another one. And also, I desperately have to pee. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to skip the scales because there weren't that many costumes and there wasn't that much doing it. There was dumb doing it. So it was like porkies. <laughs> Uh, let's just do what, <laughs> how on the getting up to get a beer scale. I didn't. Yeah, me neither. No, um, stuff kept happening. Mm-hmm. We paused it often to go back and listen to something again. Mm-hmm. And that is about it. Yeah. Um, now here comes the, the important thing we do at the end of every episode now. Mm-hmm. And this is where we tip our hats to Dr. J, teach us fundamentals. TGP. We need to choose the golden pample moose of the week. Ooh, this uh, one's a hard one. There I are think so there, many options. I, I have to go Jenny. 
Laura I have Donnelly. to go Jenny. I'm always going to go Laura Donnelly if she's there. She's the best actor maybe on the show now that Tobias Menzies is gone. She's really good. She's, I mean, Catriona is very, very good. Sam is good. Fucking Laura Donnelly's in a completely different solar system. What about you, Keenan? I, I mean, obviously, Laura Donnelly. I kind of want to go Clan Murray because mm. there was mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. I was so, I've, I've really liked Ian from day one because he just seemed like a good dude. Mm-hmm. But that actor is doing such a lovely job. Stephen Cree. Stephen Cree and Laura Donnelly. I was so into their relationship. I felt like 20 years had passed between them. I mm-hmm. felt like they were grandparents. Their children mm-hmm. are enchantingly cast, are wonderful. They're good at acting. They're, they seem like each other. I was re-watching um, some of season two with a friend, and we were struck anew by how good the Alex Randall casting was because you believe that uh-huh. he could, He sounds like Tobias Menzies, and you had that kind of casting mm-hmm. with all of the Murray children. And... I just found them very moving as a, like, what might have been for Jamie had... And for Claire. And for Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Clan Murray. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a good really choice. good call. Yeah. And Laura Donnelly has a good call. And I feel like we like at some point we have to pick Katrina, who's probably actually the series MVP, especially so now. So far, for sure. Yeah, oh, especially now that Tobias Menzies has left. Mm-hmm. Um, it like probably would put a, would have been pretty close between them, but now that he has left, she's like the series TGP, so maybe I'm okay to just let it ride for another week, content with her being the like, bing, on top of the pyramid. <laughs> and, uh, and I... Ugh. God, I guess I'm also going to say Laura Donnelly. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm tempted to She's say the casting good. director because you just make such a compelling. You know what point was there. her name again? Uh, because uh, God, that, I don't. We don't have fucking time for me to pull that up. Suzanne something. <laughs> something Suzanne incre- Smith. Suzanne something. This was work. a lovely episode. Great. It was. across the board. But I think I'm also going to go Laura Donnelly for the for the mm-hmm. scene when they're sitting outside Lily Brock alone. Mm-hmm. Funny, sad, but that just like really, really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I thought this one was a great one. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as always, you can find us at, and we're also, I, I, like, there are a bunch of just we spoiler Landerandia things <laughs> that we could talk about, but we're going to save them for another week because there's just a, like, there's a lot. Um, and we've talked a lot. But uh, if you have questions about that, you can message me. My DMs are open. Um, you can find us on Twitter at PodlanderCast. You can back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash PodlanderDrunkCast, where you, you'll find our the next episode we're going to record as a bonus episode in the next couple days. If not, you'll hear it probably in late December. Um, we also today started a Slack channel specifically for our Patreon subscribers. Uh, we're going to do that at the... Fancy. At the $3 level and up, it is Podlander Slackcast. (laughs) So if you're a Patreon subscriber and want access, you'll be able to message us, tell us what email address to use, and you'll have access to a chat situation where you can chat with me, Julie, and Janine about the show, about anything you want. Um, We're hoping to build a similar community to the really lovely one that sort of happened all by itself on Twitter. 
Um, Keenan will be there too. Yeah, you can chat sure. with Keenan. Uh, so you can find us there. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram v- via my account. I really should take care of that at some point. Uh, <laughs> but we do a little Instagram live thing every Sunday. That is at Allison Shu, which is also my Twitter handle. You can find Julie at Julie Starby. You can find Keenan at Sweet Nothing NYC. You can find Janine. May she rest in peace. Oh, man. She's coming <laughs> back. She's coming back, man. <laughs> at Pagel underscore Aaron. Uh, and you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. For now, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week for ship hijinks, adventure on the high sea. Adventure Hopefully on the high seas. Hopefully some bucking. And for now, thank you so much for listening. Bye. 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 Hey everyone, we were so excited to have Keenan on the show that we completely forgot to list our beloved patrons. So as a last little, I don't know, coda on this long and silly episode, we want to say thank you to Yvonne Kaiser, Anne Gavin, Katie Kirshner, Amanda Newton, Beth Locke, Heather Moore, Ruth McCormick, Trish McCreary, Kara Marlowe, Catherine Galindo, Kiki the Wise, Flourish Root, Molly Layton, Dr. J, Friday Payton, Jen Lander Drunklin, and Kathleen Moniz, as well as all of our other wonderful patrons. Hopefully, we will be chatting with you all in our brand new fancy Slack channel soon. Lots of love from a relatively sober member of the drunk cast since it's 10:44 a.m. on a monday bye